Welcome to the world of giving. You've tuned into the show, Volunteering Ad, on localjobnetwork.com radio. In each episode, you will learn about another way to volunteer and make a difference in the world around you. I'm your host, Courtney Omernick, and today we're speaking with Judith Broker about volunteer opportunities at Adventures in Preservation. So welcome, Judith, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today about volunteer opportunities at Adventures in Preservation. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a good opportunity for us to share what we do. Yeah, so could you get started by telling us a bit about your organization? Okay, uh, Adventures in Preservation is the name, and we were founded in December of 2001 by myself and Jamie Donahoe, who both love everything about old buildings, from the history to their materials to the style they add to the community. And we also love to travel. So in the late 90s, 1990s, when we were thinking about this, volunteer vacations were becoming popular. And we just thought that is so perfect. We can work around the world traveling and helping to save historic buildings. And so from that, we did go ahead and found the organization and hold our hands-on, we call them preservation vacations. It's a type of experiential travel. So um, that's how we got started. So what what do you do there as founder? What is like a typical day for you? Well, my role is program development. Okay. So we get requests really from all over the world. They come through our website. We have a page that says suggest a project or nominate a project. And we evaluate if the building will be used for a good use for the community when it's done. And if it will also be a good experience for people who want to uh, sign up and travel with us. And if that's the case, then we'll take on the project. And so my day is spent, you know, working with community partners and communicating with all the people who send questions about our projects. And uh, like I said, project development. And then Jamie Donahoe, who is the other founder and also active, does a lot of the computer side of it, the social media and marketing and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So could you talk a bit about the ties or different partnerships that you have within the community? Or you mentioned that you do have partnerships with um, some organizations? Yes. Uh, when someone asks us to help on a project, we usually that person or organization then will become our local partner. And then they help us set up the logistics locally of where people will stay. And a big part of our trips is not only working, which we do work hard to restore the buildings, but we also take uh, excursions or field trips in the region to see other historic sites or cultural sites or national parks or uh, that sort of thing. So our local partner not only helps us organize the preservation of the building that's important to their community. They help us make the trips a good experience for everyone who travels. So could you walk us through the volunteer roles that you have? Actually, the work that we do is volunteer vacations. So the people who want to go with us register, they pay their own way. And so technically they are volunteers and they will travel with us either to a place in the U.S. or we go to Slovenia and Albania and um, Italy and Ghana and, you know, wherever we end up going. And so they are volunteers in that, you know, they are attending and they learn the skill and then actually do the work at the site. 
And then the other part of volunteers is we do have people that work with us daily to do the marketing and to get the word out about our projects and help develop the projects. So we have sort of two separate categories of volunteers. So could you then walk us through a typical day for one of your volunteers? Yes. So if you sign up for one of our trips, uh, we, you know, we all arrive at the site and we usually stay in a B&B or a local lodging of some sort, try to boost the local economy. And in the morning, we all get up and have breakfast and we'll go to the work site and we always have an expert leading whatever the task is at that particular building. If it's a wood frame building, maybe the porch is deteriorated, so we're learning how to restore all the wooden detailing. Or if it's a stone building, maybe it needs mortar to be replaced, so we learn how to mix lime mortar and repoint. Or we work on decorative wall paintings or whatever it happens to be. So the expert will show us all what to do, talk about it, And then everyone gets individual guidance and help as we all work together to actually do the work. And uh, lunch is oftentimes brought to the site. Sometimes community members will pitch in and provide lunch. And we work hard, but we learn. We have a good time. And then several days of the week, we just head off and go visit something exciting, as I was saying, you know, in the area. So you get to see the see and experience the culture and meet the community members as well as help with the work. For one of these projects, what is the typical time commitment that's required by one of your volunteers? If you volunteer to go on trips, it's they're either set up for one week sessions or two week sessions. And the price ranges anywhere from 700 a week to about 1800 a week and that's dependent on you know the lodging and the food because that fee covers a person's lodging for six nights their meals their field trips all the materials and all that sort of thing what skills and personality types do you think are ideal for someone who wants to volunteer with your organization we don't have any requirements for skills you don't have to have any experience So we get quite a range from people who just come because they either wanted to go to the location or they love history or they love old buildings, but they've never done anything. And then, you know, because we do have that expert, they can be trained and work right alongside people who come and maybe are professionals and can share their skills. So no requirement. When we do go overseas to a place like Albania, you know, obviously it's probably someone who likes to travel a bit off the beaten path. Uh, mm-hmm. But the joy of traveling with a group is that it, it isn't so scary, you know, if you're not really one who just likes to go off by yourself and explore a place like Albania. I would say most of our people just are out to help the community, but to have an adventure. And like I said, we have a lot of fun. It's quite a bonding experience. You know, it's kind of like everyone's best friends by the end of the first day. So it's really, it's really quite a special experience. Great. So how do you think that the skills that the individuals gain through these various volunteer opportunities that you have help them boost their resume? Well, if, you know, for students, it can be used as an internship or an addition to a certain class that they're getting credit for. 
because they they actually get a chance to go do some work at a project site as opposed to sitting in a classroom and learning about it. They actually get to go out and do it. And for professionals, it also adds to your resume. You've learned skills in, you know, mixing lime mortar, why lime mortar is better for most historic buildings in Portland cement mortar and, you know, that sort of thing. So you do gain the technical skills that could be added to a resume or help your classroom credits. So why do you think that this specific type of volunteering is really important or just really great for people to experience? Well, there's really two reasons that I mean, yes, we love old buildings, but there are many causes in this world that, you know, people think maybe are way more important than saving old buildings. But there's two reasons that we feel it's really important. And the first is that historic preservation is the most environmentally friendly practice around because the goal is to save as many original materials as possible to either um, repair them or maintain them and not have to, you know, buy new materials that have to be manufactured to put them, you know, in the building. And so, as we say, we like to keep them all these wonderful old materials in use and out of the landfill. And the second really important point, which is valid both in the U.S., In a lot of the countries we work in that really have struggling economies is that sometimes their historic architecture is the only resource they have to develop a sustainable economy, usually through heritage tourism. Many of us, that's why we travel. You know, when you go to a place in Europe or Africa or wherever, you go and you look at the old buildings and it gives you the feel and, you know, people... I think they've done surveys, you know, that say that 70% of the people who travel do it, you know, to see the history or or something. Don't quote me on that. But anyway, it's a huge number. So if, you know, a lot of people don't really appreciate their historic buildings because they're miserable to live in and they're leaky and they don't have heat or whatever. But if those buildings are lost, then there's almost no chance of building tourism in a place like Albania or mm-hmm. something like that. So it's really, it's a hugely important resource. And that's what we try to work with the local community to tell them that, but at the same time, get them decent living conditions. So, Do you only have projects abroad or are there any within the United States? Well, we have, we always have some projects in the U.S. as well as overseas. So in the U.S. at the moment, we have a project in Gloucester, Virginia, which is just north of Williamsburg, that's very popular, and it's a combination of historic preservation and archaeology, which a lot of people are attracted to. Uh, We also have a project in Shreveport, Louisiana, that we're just starting on, which is saving six historic shotgun houses that had ties to the jazz community there. And they will be used for commercial buildings to help with the downtown revitalization that is happening at this point. And actually, for people in your community, we've been talking to Preservation Racine. Mm -hmm. And they have a project, they have a couple projects coming up. And the one that they believe will start in 2014 is a farmhouse and barn that was donated to them. And they would like volunteers to work on that. 
So if anyone is interested in helping in Racine, uh, the contact person there is Robin Coventry. And can I give their phone number? Sure. Okay, it's 262-994-0611. Those people that are listening to you, you know, close to Milwaukee, Mm -hmm. uh, this is a good opportunity for them. Perfect. Well, switching gears a little bit, are there just any special events that your organization holds to increase awareness or how, how do you guys go about getting yourselves out there? You know, we we don't really have special events, partly mm-hmm. because we're scattered around the world. So we don't, I mean, we do have an office, but we all, we have satellite offices. I'm in Colorado, Jamie's in Switzerland, our board members are in New Zealand and the U.S. and Germany and scattered around. Mm -hmm. So what we do to spread the word is uh, we hope that the people who attend our projects will let everyone know about it. We're really good on social media and that sort of thing. So that's more of the way we do our marketing than actually it's expensive to like hold a fundraising event. Mm-hmm. And so most of our money that when people give donations, they like it to go directly to a particular project in a community. So that's what we try to do. Keep our office expenses down. Great. So could you share with our listeners one of your most memorable stories about your volunteers giving back? Okay. And actually, I've thought about this mm-hmm. and it, I'll, I'll make it short, but I'll, I'll list two. One overseas and one in the U.S. Sure. So the one in Slovenia that was really amazing, there was a 17th century manor house that uh, had been used for trade purposes back in, you know, 17th century through the 18th century. And this building was given to the city as a community center. And they con- one of their community members contacted us and asked us to help document and restore a decorative paint scheme in a chapel So that's in the building. So we had people from the U.S. and Europe and India there. And we were having, you know, it was so exciting for us to get to poke around in this building and work on it as well as go visit castles and go to the sea and go to old churches. Anyway, the whole experience was wonderful. The reason I say that is that we were all so excited that the community members got excited about what we were doing. And they held a meeting toward the end of our stay there to hear, you know, what was going on. And then when we left, the community got together and finished the whole project themselves. Great. Yeah, that was very exciting. Mm -hmm. And the other project uh, was in Waynesville, North Carolina. And it's a historic grist mill that's the last one uh, still standing in that area. And it was close to collapsing when we were contacted. And so we worked there with volunteers for three years. And it went from almost collapsing, now it is a working grist mill that the public can visit and school groups come to learn more about their history and actually see the grist mill working. And the community, again, was such a big factor. They donated materials. They cooked lunches during the weeks for the volunteers and brought snacks. And it was such a good experience that I believe one or two of the volunteers who came the first year actually, and were of retirement age actually moved there oh. <laughs> so that they could you know, continue mm-hmm. to help during the year. So that, that's been really a special experience for all of us. Perfect. Well, why do you think your volunteers like working with your organization? 
I think it's a combination of going to a new place, even if it's not far from you, but a place you haven't been before, meeting the people, learning the history, and actually getting your hands on things. It's, it's an empowering experience for people who, you know, have maybe just looked from afar or just sat in a classroom to think, oh my gosh, I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of it. And like I said, just touring around the community and seeing things that you wouldn't ordinarily get to see. And knowing that when you leave, you have actually left your mark. You know, you've actually completed part of this building that will be put to a good community use. Because what I, I don't know if I said this before, but when we select our projects, one of the requirements is that the building has to be used for a use that will benefit the whole community, not not just to like restore it for one family or one person. So we're at the final moments of our program. So Judith, before you go, I'd just like to ask, uh, how can somebody get in touch with you if they want to become a volunteer, if you'd like to just go ahead and maybe list a phone number, an email, or a website? Yes, uh, our website is adventuresinpreservation.org. And of course, it lists, shows all of our projects and has a page of description and a contact page. And you can also call us at 303 444 0128. And you can also email us at trips at adventuresinpreservation.org or info at adventuresinpreservation.org. Perfect. Well, that wraps up this episode of Volunteering At. I'd like to thank Judith Broker for taking the time to speak with us today about volunteering at Adventures in Preservation. Please feel free to email us with any organizations that you're interested in learning more about or your testimonials about volunteering to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Once again, this has been Courtney Omernick for localjobnetwork.com radio, and thank you for tuning into today's program. Mm-hmm.